I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. One thing I love about this show and doing this show is the immediacy that I have control and the immediacy of it that when I see or hear or read something <laughs> that I am moved by, I'll, I'll use those words, <laughs> uh, I'll do a show on it. And so you're often getting a show within 24 hours of studies coming out or something happening or a news story because I'm doing three shows a week <laughs> and I will do them at five in the morning or 11 o'clock at night. All different times. And so this show comes out of flipping through my social media, Instagram in particular, and yeah, a doctor was speaking about meal timing, walking and talking, and uh, he referenced a study in cell metabolism that had just come out. I had not yet read it. So I listened for a couple seconds and I had my feelings <laughs> about what he was saying. Uh, and I thought I got to look this study up. And I did. And I thought I was just going to do a podcast about that study. But then I fell down the rabbit hole because in that same issue of cell metabolism, there was another study that completely is connected to the same topic in such a perfect way. So you get two. You know, when I first started doing this podcast, I, I tried to cram a lot of information in longer shows, and I always want to give you more. But yeah, we'll just do more shows. <laughs> you know, uh, attention spans are shorter. So this is the, the first time in a little while, I think, that I've, I've done two studies uh, in one, but they're, they're perfectly aligned. They complement each other, and they, they clarify the topic. And I've renamed this podcast several times uh, in working on it. And what I came up with in final kind of decision was, does meal timing matter? Does meal time, does when you eat matter? And my first thought when I was listening to this doctor speak, and this is my first reaction to this concept is, should we focus on when we eat or should we focus on what we eat? Or which should come first? Chicken or the egg? <laughs> Pun intended. When should we eat the chicken or the egg? Is it is it more important that, that we have the chicken and the egg or when we eat it? <sighs> That's second level stuff, people. I have to say this right off the bat because does it matter when you eat, if what you're eating is garbage, if what you're eating is not healthy. And that's why even looking at these studies, and, and the first one especially is really well done. It's a really well done small study, 16 participants, but it's well done. But like, you know, there's the external validity question. Even though it's, you know, it was done in a hospital and it was really well controlled. Yes, small sample size, but... There's a lot of, of questions you can ask about how 
its applicability to the real world, uh, you know, how much of it there is with what they were eating and time, all this kind of stuff. But we have to look at it, right? But this is similar, in my opinion, to the studies on too much exercise and things like that. Listen, research is great. Research on anything will give us information. And we want to keep, you know, studying as much as we can and uh, as many different topics when it comes to exercise and nutrition and motivation. But there's, I would argue, too much focus on the second level stuff. And if we don't have the what down, the when, I will argue, and I think most of you would agree, probably isn't that important, right? Does it matter, you know, if you're eating a lot of maybe unhealthy foods at 4 p.m. or 7 p.m.? Well, this first study is going to say maybe, but does that really matter in what I'm going to outline to you, kind of the highlights of that study? So this is really important because the second level stuff is what so much uh, of the media is pushing when it comes to books and programs and people because it sounds really smart. And this doctor, he's a doctor and he sounded smart. And nothing he was saying, I would argue, was untrue. But does it really help? Like, that's my goal with everything I do in this business. Podcast, books, everything. Is I can make myself sound really smart and I can read you some really complicated, you know, studies and give you like the nuance. And you go, how does that affect your, your day to day? How are you going to use that information to benefit you? Right? And if I know that there are so many other factors that are more important than that thing, well, then I'm going to focus on those factors. I'm going to give you the information because then we can start to do the little things. And that's the coolest thing about this second study is it, <laughs> again, supports so much of what I've said already. And if you've listened to prior podcasts, you're going to know that. But let's just look at the basic facts when it comes to eating. We eat too much. Like, we eat too much. You know, portion size, you look at restaurant size. You know, I've seen numbers that say, you know, 800% larger portions uh, than several decades ago. Certain restaurants. I'm sure they're like Italian restaurants and things like that. Insane portions. Right? So we eat too much. And we eat too much bad food. It's that simple to a large degree. And I know that, you know, we try to make it more complicated or not me, but it's it's made to be more complicated. But we, we, we have to start there because you can't fix the problems, people, if you don't start there. That yes. I mean, are you going to say we're not eating enough? And that's not a problem. And are we eating too much good food? That drives me up the wall. You know, uh, I, I, I will give 10 grand to anyone who, <laughs> let me not throw this out there. Let me put it this way. Oh, you don't get excess. You don't put on excess weight by fruit and vegetables. You just don't. You don't. All right. So eat too much. We eat too much bad food, processed food, unhealthy food. And then there's far too much misinformation about nutrition. And this is this is what really matters. Does, does it really matter when we eat? And I'm going to give you the study, of course. 
But like, can I start with portion size, quality of the food, debunking all the garbage myths out there and stop focusing on the wrong things. Because when we put the focus on the wrong things, people, we're not focusing on the right things. There's only so much time. There's only so much money and, and effort we can put out there. And that's what drives me crazy about so many things in exercise and nutrition. You know, if you're spending all this time and money on recovery when you're not really doing what you should be doing in your workout, that's a problem. And we're taking supplements and, and spending money on things where you should probably be spending that money on maybe healthier foods. That's a problem. And so what I love is breakfast is going to come up in this second study. And we're going to look at that myth. Well, not myth. That's probably a strong word. But is eating at night really bad for you? That's the first study. That's the first study. And the title of it is Late. I love, <laughs> as you know, if you've listened to prior podcasts, I just love the titles of these studies, right? Um, late isocaloric eating increases hunger, decreases energy expenditure, and modifies metabolic pathways in adults with overweight and obesity. Cell Metabolism, October 4th, 2022, just came out. Sounds really complicated, but it's not. Isocaloric means they're going to eat the same thing, right? So in other words, not changing what these people eat because that would really be a, a variable that you don't want, right? That would affect the outcome of whether or not the timing made a difference. So late eating, essentially, um, of the same thing increases hunger, decreases energy expenditure. So you're not burning as many calories, is what they're saying. And this is the confusing one that... Well, it's confusing. It will, you know, uh, and modifies metabolic pathways in adults with overweight and obesity. Okay. Uh, 16 people, as I said earlier, were involved in this study and they basically did two different eating regimens. Okay. For one day each. So um, really well controlled study. As I said, they were in a hospital uh, controlled environment um, and they ate at different intervals. You know, some ate um, an hour after their uh, natural wake-up time, uh, the other group waited to about five hours after, and so some ended up eating um, later at night while the others uh, finished eating earlier, okay? And then they switched groups. Uh, again, isocaloric means the meals they consumed, they're all the same uh, in the calories and the nutrients and the quantity uh, across both schedules, right? So the food didn't change. Just when they consumed the meals changed, okay? Um, and the researchers uh, measured different things, including hormones, right? How often do hormones come up on this show, right? When they say a calorie is not a calorie. Here we go. Here we go again. Um, so the researchers measured participants' hormone levels and found what? Eating late at night decreased the levels of leptin. If you've listened to prior podcasts, how often do the terms leptin and ghrelin come up? These are the hunger and satiety hormones, okay? Leptin is the hormone that makes you feel full. Ghrelin is the one that makes you hungrier, okay? And what this study found is that didn't really affect the ghrelin, but it affected the leptin, okay? The, the hormone, again, that makes you feel full by about 16% on average, all right? 
So people who ate late at night had decreased leptin and so they didn't feel as full. They were hungrier, right? Or yeah, potentially hungrier. Um, and the late eating also doubled the odds that people felt hungry, right? So in other words, leptin is a marker that they could measure, right? In the blood, they, they measured the, those levels and then they asked questions 18 times throughout the day. They asked them about their hunger um, and had them rated on diff, uh, different scales. Okay. And the late eaters doubled the odds that they felt hungry. So you've got the hormones and then you've got the people's perceived hunger levels. So that's interesting, right? And the hunger is the next day, obviously. And by the way, let me just stop. I'm going to jump all around as I normally do. They controlled when they slept too. And that's a problem in my opinion, right? Because most people who eat, well, most, many, most, I can say most, the majority, a higher percentage of the people who eat late at night, they're staying up later, they get less sleep. And so less sleep and hunger is also um, correlated. Okay, so there's a lot going on here, but we keep having to go back, or I will keep going back to the common sense and what matters most, right? Now, I have a small problem with this first sentence from the research, one of the researchers uh, who said, your body processes calories differently when you eat late in the day. That's kind of confusing to people, right? So in other words, the third part of this um, is about how your body stores the fat. And that's what a lot of people believe, right? That if you eat late at night, you're like a bear. And you crawl into your bed, which is like a cave. The bear goes into the, his cave and hibernates. And the calories are processed differently. Now, this study is, is showing that it might. But what does that processing mean is what I'm asking. Like, what does that translate into calories? And what, you know, it sounds really... Great if you're someone who wants to say, like this doctor did, by the way, that, oh, yes, this is definitive proof that you shouldn't eat late at night because your body stores it as fat. That's what you're going to hear from people. I'm not ready to say that. Not even close. Not even close. So let me give you the highlights, and then I'm going to read um, the second quote from this uh, researcher, let me read the first one again. Uh, your body processes calories differently when you eat late in the day. It tips the scale in favor of weight gain and fat gain. Okay, there's a pun there, obviously. It tips the scale in, tips the scale. So it's not saying it does. It's saying it might, it may. It's putting you at an increased risk of. What I have seen in... So much of the research is people just consume way more calories late at night. So here they controlled for calories, which is interesting, right? Because you want to go, you, you want to see if the body reacts differently. And what they're saying here is it does. But again, the problem I have is people aren't eating these types of diets, the foods. I would argue that they fed them. I don't want to get too deep into it. You're eating chips late at night. You're eating ice cream late at night. You're eating calorie-dense food, generally processed foods. People aren't staying up late at night, most, and eating fruit and vegetables. 
It's just not what happens. When you get there, a lot of these problems, as I will finish by saying, are no longer problems. Okay, let me give you the, what is it, four bullet point uh, highlights from this study. Late eating increases wake time hunger and decreases 24-hour serum leptin. So we talked about that already. So when you eat late at night, according to this study, 16 people, when you wake up, you're hungrier. You're hungrier uh, for two reasons. Your leptin levels are lower, which makes you feel fuller, satiety hormone, and if they were to ask you, you would say you felt hungrier as well. Twice, uh, what was it? Uh, twice as likely, double the odds that people felt hungry. Uh, bullet point number two, late eating decreases wake time energy expenditure. Okay, so, so this is a line that will be pulled out. You burn fewer calories. Yes, according to this study, you do. Do you know how many? Around 50, a little bit more, 50 plus. Now, that's like half an apple, half a banana maybe. And to gain a pound, if you everything remained equal, if nothing changed, it's 70 days. 70 times 50 is 3,500. Now, you're also in a controlled environment, I would argue. I'm going to look at this study a little deeper than most, not just this point right here, right? They weren't allowed to exercise, really. They, they played games. They watched TV, um, puzzles, things like that. They're in a hospital environment. So I would argue, again... The external validity of this study with in regards to energy expenditure, I'm not quite happy with that. All right. Uh, and they also saw, by the way, a decrease in core body temperature. Don't even want to get into that. Um, uh, but association with everything we're talking about here. Uh, third bullet point, late eating alters. Here's the, the tricky part. Late eating alters adipose tissue gene expression favoring increased lipid storage. But what does that mean? Okay, what that means on its face value is you're more likely to store the calories as fat, but we're talking gene expression favoring. I want numbers. I want numbers, right? I believe the body's a really smart machine, and especially when you feed it healthy foods and you move, you do everything you're supposed to do first. I want to see what that gene expression is. Uh, really, really, really comes out to being. I'm just going to leave it at that. But yes, that's what they found. I'm always going to give you the, the, <laughs> the findings. I'll read it one more time. Late eating alters, alters adipose tissue, that's fat tissue, gene expression, favoring increased lipid storage. Not saying it happens, it favors it potentially. Now, I would argue there's so many other factors that we'll go into whether or not that happens and what the real impact of that happening would be. Um, and then the final uh, takeaway they give for a highlight uh, of this study is combined these changes upon eating late may, I underlined that, may increase obesity risk in humans. Okay, here's the simple stuff. If you can stop eating earlier in the day, stop eating earlier in the day. That's what these, you know, bogus supplement drugs. There was one, I've talked about this for decades. There was one that was out many years ago. It was two drops of something. It was probably sugar water. And it said you had to take two drops of this um, weight loss drug. And this was advertised on radio everywhere. Two drops at like, I think they said uh, after dinner. And you had to have dinner early. But the bottom line was, and then you couldn't eat anything for like three or four hours. So you had to have it before you went to bed. And you needed a window of not eating. 
You see where I'm going here? So yes. By just stopping eating earlier because of the habits of people, the behaviors, and what we eat late at night and how much we eat, back to the two things I said at the start. We eat too much and we eat too much bad food. So of course. But unfortunately, people, as I'm going to get to, skip breakfast, don't eat well throughout the day, then the ravenous, the wheels fall off. And so with the people who say, I'm not hungry, I don't eat breakfast. And then I'm going to intermittently fast. And now we're saying, and then stop eating. Real, when are you going to eat? And this is my problem. We need to focus on what we eat more than when we eat or when we don't eat. Okay. Take a deep breath. Because uh, I want to get to the second one. All right. Uh, let me give you quick discussion points on this study, though, first. Yeah, it's a small but well-done study. Uh, again, the quality of the food should come first, timing way after that. Um, the sleep issue, I think that's a big part of it. They controlled for sleep in this. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing about people who stay up late, late at night, uh, in my uh, experience and research. Uh, there's less activity. This is an artificial environment. Um, you can still argue, doesn't matter. I, I think it does. And, and then we're getting contradictory. Shouldn't be the people who ate earlier be hungrier? When, so just the mixed messages and, and just the confusion out there. But at the end of the day, is this not potentially more support for breakfast? Funny you should ask. Same issue of cell metabolism, October 4th, 2022. Uh, timing of daily calorie loading affects appetite and hunger responses without changes in energy metabolism in healthy subjects with obesity. I'm going to read you the summary as is. One paragraph. Morning loaded, think breakfast, morning loaded calorie intake in humans has been advocated as a dietary strategy to improve weight loss. This is also ported... <laughs> getting worked up. This is also supported by animal studies suggesting, uh, and, and by the way, and, and one of the biggest studies out there, people who have lost a significant amount of weight and kept it off, the vast majority of them eat breakfast, okay? Uh, so not just animal studies. Um, suggesting time of eating can prevent when, uh, weight gain. However, the underlying mechanisms through which timing of eating could promote weight loss in humans are unclear. In a randomized crossover trial, 30 subjects, a little, little bigger, uh, with obesity, overweight, underwent two four-week calorie-restricted but iso-energetic uh, weight loss diets. Same calories again. Um, with morning-loaded or evening-loaded calories. Um, so it was either 45%, 35%, 20% calories. So 45 in the morning, 35 midday, 20 at night versus pretty much, well, yes, the opposite. 20% in the morning, 35, and then 45 calories at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, respectively. We demonstrate no difference in total daily energy expenditure, a little contradictory to what we just uh, heard, um, or resting metabolic rate related to the timing of calorie distribution and no different in weight loss. Participants consuming the morning diet, uh, the morning loaded diet reported, this is underlined, this is important, reported significantly lower hunger. Thus, morning loaded intake, and they have in parentheses, big breakfast may assist with compliance to weight loss uh, regime through a greater suppression of appetite. All right, got a couple minutes left. Let me go just back to so many concepts I've talked about here so many times and we'll continue to. 
What did we learn? What did we learn from these two studies? Front load your day. The horrible analogies that I that I hesitate to bring up because I brought them up and they're so simplistic, but they're right. You're like a car with the amount of fuel and the kind of fuel you put in it and when you put in it. You, if you're going on a really long trip, you're not going to get there if you're half full, especially with bad, low-quality fuel. Yes, if you are a healthy weight and you don't eat breakfast, disregard everything, then you're good. Most people aren't. Most people aren't. Our bodies and our brains need energy, need fuel. Not so much at night. So yes, I am trying to, and, and it's an imperfect science. I'm constantly changing, trying to fine tune what I eat because I'm, I'm trying to eat a varied diet and that's harder, right? When you find foods that work for you, you generally stick with it. But, you know, we want variation of, of healthy foods as well as exercise and everything else. Okay, what do we learn? Big breakfast again, more support for breakfast, more support for front-loading your day. Huge breakfast. When people, you know, see what I eat for breakfast, they're not shocked if they listen to this podcast or read my books, but they're shocked if they don't. Lots and lots of healthy stuff to start the day. And then gradually taper off. And so, yeah, I'm kind of in favor. Like, I don't want you eating at 11 o'clock at night. I do it occasionally when I don't eat as well as I should have throughout the day. And so we not only want to eat a big breakfast, but it's what we eat. So healthy carbohydrates, slow-releasing carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, proteins, lean sources of protein, healthy fats. So when you time it that way, eating a breakfast and then nice healthy amounts of all three of those uh, macronutrients if you can, you're setting yourself up for success because as it says here, and it's going to come up over and over, is a calorie a calorie, not, not in how it makes you hungry or, or, or not hungry. Does when you eat really affect weight gain? Again, the study didn't show, I, I need numbers on storage of uh, adipose tissue, right? The changes, the gene expression. Sounds great. I get it. That's the research. I need hard numbers. And I know in my experience personally and with all my clients and the vast majority of the research, when you eat healthy, when you eat complex um, whole foods, I'm a Mediterranean diet style guy, and so many of you are who reach out to me, it works. Whole foods. Fuel your body well. Guess what? You won't have the issue with eating late at night because you'll be satisfied. You won't be as hungry Hungry, hungry, hungry. That's the term. That's the, the garbage misleading information you're getting about is a calorie a calorie. No, not in how it makes you hungry and satisfied and really highly processed foods do almost nothing as far as making you satiated. It makes you want more. And here's the final thing that I say, 80-20, I do my 20 at night. So in other words, I'm generally eating some treats Occasionally at night, but I've done so well from breakfast up until then, I don't need a lot of it, and I stop eating at a reasonable time. Does that make sense? Again, this industry makes the simple complex and the complex simple. We can't have the discussion about meal timing if we're not talking about the meals themselves. And... Health is not just about being skinny. 
You can skip breakfast. You could be really skinny and you can be really unhealthy. I worked with a lot of those clients over the years. Really difficult. We want to eat healthy foods. I want a much greater discussion about what we eat, not what we don't, and not going for long periods of time without eating. Okay? There you go. <laughs> How cool, by the way, that those two studies were in the same um, issue of cell metabolism. <sighs> okay. I didn't get as worked up as I thought I was going to. Um, and there you go. All right. Uh this is a brand new feed, people, so I need your support <laughs> to keep the advertising under my control, which was a huge part of me uh, taking the feed on myself, okay? So if you can rate the show, follow the show, subscribe to the show, anything you can do to support the show is greatly appreciated. If you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit is Instagram and Twitter. Direct message me or go to fitnessdisrupted.com. You can read more about me there. Uh, email me through the site. My most recent book is The Micro Workout Plan, uh, available everywhere. And if you have read it, greatly appreciated too, by the way, if you can write a review on Amazon and rate it as well. I'm going to bring you the best science, but we're going to break it down and make it so you can use it. Okay? I want results. That's what I want. All right? We all control three things, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind, and that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. Believe in yourself. <laughs>